Thank you, Hilda. That's our main passage from 1 Corinthians, speaking about the Lord's Supper, uh, giving us a fuller understanding. Our text is uh, Acts 2, verse 42, where it speaks about the New Testament church, and it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Congregation of Jesus Christ, let me just review for a moment uh, where we're at. We are, are on this renewal journey, and we are reflecting on what it means to be a fully uh, devoted followers of Jesus. And in that, we are, we are thinking too, what is our mission and how do we live out our faith? And so Acts 2.42 is that picture of the New Testament church where, where that really began and, and took hold. And so we are reflecting too, what is it as church that, that is central to who we are and what we do as followers of Christ, as believers in God. So we looked initially, that sense of devotion, uh, Wayne led in that service, and that, that we, we devote ourselves to, to things of God, of faith, of the church. And now we have been looking at what that looks like exactly in terms of devoted to the teaching that, that we, we let the Bible speak into our lives in all kinds of ways. And we continue to do that on Sunday and during the week and in Bible studies and personal devotions. That, that's, that's a devotion to, to the teaching and that expresses itself every day. And, and then we looked at the fellowship, devoted to the fellowship, and we recognize that that, that includes a, a self-sacrificial coming together, that, that we come together and, and we take the time, make the time to be with each other, encourage each other, help each other. And that aspect of fellowship, as, as Christ draws us together, even around the, the, the table too, those those aspects of, of making that central, making that so important. Uh, we are going to be looking at prayer on March 5. Devoted to prayer, we will recognize on March 5. On March 5, all of the churches in northern Alberta are going to be reflecting on prayer, having a special prayer service. And so we will also be having our special prayer service. And then that also ties into the denomination-wide, all across North America, all the Christian Reformed churches, either on March 5 or on March 8. Some have a midweek prayer service, but that's really a, a prayer central time. And so we're going to do that on March 5, and we'll reflect on what it means to be devoted in prayer. But this morning... We want to reflect the, the third thing that's mentioned here in Acts 2. They devoted themselves to the breaking of the bread. That, that's what we're focusing in on. And what does that look like exactly? What does it mean to be devoted, to, to be fully devoted to the breaking of the bread? to the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. So what is that? One way initially just to, to place it in, in context, this is, is what could be called a, a holy moment, that there is an aspect of, of the holiness of God revealed to us in the sacrament, and, and it, it's just a, 
a, a special moment. It's, it's, if, if you think about special moments in our lives, I, I think possibly, yeah, the, the, the moments, the times when, too, our Barbara and our, our children were born. And then that moment, of course, all of a sudden, a new life, the life given by God. And it's just, it's just so special. And it's just so, yeah, this, this is now the child that God has entrusted to our care. And so that's, that's a, a holy moment of, of God creating life in us and before us. And, and there is a sense here, God is continuing to create life, to, to have life be born in us too, that we would, we would see again and live and receive that life that God wants us to have in Jesus, a child born to us. For some, a holy moment can, can be through a, a particular song this morning, perhaps even during the the Lord's Supper, then, then the the praise team sang beautifully how deep the Father's love for us. So, so maybe that struck you in a way that you say, well, "Yeah, wow, just beautiful." How deep the Father's love for us. And sometimes, if you join some of the big uh, conferences, Christian conferences, and then in some of the songs. Uh, Breakforth or YC. We're having some of the young people go to YC. And then beautiful worship songs are sung. And, and, and uh, the youth come back and they, they, they reflect back on, on how the Lord spoke to them. And, and through the song, it was a holy moment. It was really, this is real and true and for me. And so those moments are there. Sometimes you have it just being out in God's creation. If you're out by Abraham Lake and, and uh, the, the northern lights and the lake is frozen and the mountains are there and, and you just stop and you just look and you, you are struck by God and, and who he is, the creator and the sustainer of the world. So, so there are these moments, these, these so to speak holy moments and what what we have is as church god god places this sacrament before us as as that kind of thing a holy moment god's holy presence in a in a very uh, real and very uh, engaging way. It is something God ordained. He ordained the supper through Jesus Christ, Jesus who specifically said, do this, do this in remembrance of me. And so we do this. We, we gather and we have that time around the table, a holy moment that makes the Bible and our faith real along with even the teaching and the fellowship, they kind of come together. There's teaching involved in terms of what this means. There's, there's fellowship. We, we come together around a table, and then we receive that assurance right in our hands. This is what God has done for us in Jesus, forgiven our sins through the sacrifice of his son on the cross. So, so the holy moment, the Lord's Supper, is, is a moment like that in our journey of faith. And it's important because it, it, in, in the reading from the Belgic Confession, too, that, that we can be sure of our faith because we receive this teaching, 
we, we receive uh, and we gather in the fellowship, but, but the question comes, is it really real? Did it really happen? And that question was actually a question on the minds of the disciples themselves who saw Jesus die on the cross. And they, they recognized that he, he had risen from the dead. But especially, I want to just, like, like they did have their doubts. They wondered all that Jesus said and did, even what they saw and heard, did it really happen? And so they, they wondered. And the main one that, that, that gets kind of, uh, is the example of that is, is Thomas, of course, right? If you know the story, the disciples, and then Thomas wasn't there the first time, Jesus appeared to them, and then the second time he's there. But then what does God, Jesus say? Jesus uh, is there, uh, in John 20, Jesus is there with Thomas, and, and the picture of Jesus saying to Thomas, don't doubt, believe, and Thomas says, my Lord and my God. But in John 20, what else does Jesus say? Jesus says to Thomas, reach out your hand, reach out your finger, in fact, and, and put it in in the wounds of my hand. And then Jesus says to him, uh, take your hand and, and, and put it in my side. Put it right up in there. And then we who are a little squeamish, we think, well, he probably, probably didn't do that, right? I mean, come on. And some commentators say too, well, probably he didn't do that because he saw Jesus there, he heard him. I think he did that. I think Thomas walked right up to Jesus, took Jesus' hand, and jammed his fingers right through his hand, and walked around, jammed his hand up into his side. He touched him. He felt with his hand. This is real. This is Jesus who died for my sin. And that's the sacrament. Here you are touching Jesus, his broken body for you, his blood poured out for you. This is to help you and I believe it really, really happened. Jesus' love for us. It's a very physical invitation and the sacrament makes makes physical, makes real the spiritual so we taste, uh, we can feel, we can even taste the blood in the wine. So along with hearing and seeing, we touch and taste and it adds, it adds that assurance of faith. When we are uncertain, when we are often uncertain, is God there? Does he care? Are my sins forgiven? Yes. Yes, they are. So that's the beauty of the sacrament, the, cat the catechism too. In question answer 75 says, as real as you are holding and, and chewing on that bread, as real as you hold and, and drink that wine, God loves you and he forgives your sins. Jesus died for you. It really happened. So it's the assurance of the gospel, the message we proclaim Every Sunday, Jesus is our Savior who saves us from our sin, gives us life and hope and joy. 
And so the New Testament church that we are studying here in Acts 2, uh, we read they devoted themselves to the teaching and the fellowship, and both teaching and fellowship come together in the sacrament, the breaking of the bread. So that's the order, meaning the Lord's Supper. So, so faith is, is assured in the sacrament, and, and, and the gospel is real, and Jesus truly died for my sins. And they, they devote themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, and to the sacrament. So then the question comes to us today, what does that look like exactly? What is a devotion to the breaking of the bread? And one of the the simplest ways of getting at that is to reflect, even thinking about the text in Acts 2 and 1 Corinthians 11, and it doesn't say exactly how often. How often did they actually partake in the Lord's Supper? It says very clearly, uh, Jesus' words are quoted here in Acts 11, uh, to uh, do this in remembrance of me. doesn't say how often. And then uh, with the bread and then with the cup, do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Well, how often? Whenever you drink it. Well, what whenever? How often? And so there is a question, if you are devoted to something, What does it look like in terms of the Lord's Supper? We're devoted to it, how it it speaks into our lives, how it's, uh, uh, God says, Jesus says, do this, but then we have, how often do we do this? So let me just go through it with you. The Lord's Supper was instituted by Jesus at the Passover feast. So if you think back to the upper room, you think back to Jesus and his disciples, he washes their feet, then he institutes the Lord's Supper. The Passover was celebrated once a year. They celebrated the Passover. So is Jesus saying, do this once a year? Is that what he's saying? That strikes us maybe a little odd. But that's where it started, right? And we do celebrate Christmas once a year, right? And we celebrate Easter once a year. We celebrate Pentecost once a year. So wouldn't it be that on Good Friday, which we do, and next Good Friday coming up, April 14, we are going to have a Good Friday service here on Friday morning, and we are going to have the Lord's Supper. And that's it. And I'll see you again next year. on Good Friday, and we'll have the Lord's Supper again. Is that what Jesus meant when he said, be devoted to the breaking of the bread? Well, it's the Passover, Lord's Supper. When I started in ministry in the Dunville Church, uh, I got there and, and we began with, with things of the church and, and the worship team and, and I don't remember exactly, I do know, I don't remember exact meeting or, but we were preparing the, the services like we do here with the worship team. And, and I, at a certain point I asked, what, what about the Lord's Supper? Oh, they said, oh, well, we tell you what's going on here. Every 
first, the first week, the first Sunday of March, we have the Lord's Supper. The first Sunday of June, we have the Lord's Supper. The first Sunday of September, we have the Lord's Supper. So it's Labor Day uh, weekend, maybe we switch it because people are out. And the first Sunday of December, four times a year, we have the Lord's Supper. Every year, first Sunday of March, first Sunday of June, first Sunday of June, first Sunday of December, till Jesus comes again. That's our devotion to the Lord's Supper, four times a year. Is that okay? That's how it was done. Every year, four times, no more. Not on Good Friday either. Not on Good Friday. It was done these four times a year. So is that, is that okay? Is that what it is? And then with that, then there was a little more stress on the preparation, and then the actual service itself was, was a little longer, the full form, uh, more songs. It was a long service. It was like two hours. This was the Lord's Supper service. This was the holy moment. Many of you know that, possibly. So, what is it? Jesus doesn't say. Is that okay? Is that true devotion? In, in Tabor, we, we move to every two months, six times a year. So then you knew that it was, and then it depended a little bit which week's work. There was a little flexibility, but every two months we would have the Lord's Supper. Every two months. So that's, yeah, six times a year. And then, like here now, we have the Lord's Supper here on average. I, I just schedule it in every six weeks, seven weeks. So we've gone from six times a year to eight or nine times a year. So we are more devoted. <laughs> right? What, what is it exactly that we come together and remember? And because we have it a little more often, it, it's not quite as involved. We have a shorter reading. We don't, do, we don't have every song. We don't have every prayer. We don't have all the back and forth. It's just part of the service. What is it to be devoted? And then, and then, the, and then the, yeah, part of it is too, we don't want to, in a way, we don't want to do it too often. We don't want to do it too often because then it becomes just routine, right? That then it's not that holy moment anymore. Like if you do it too often, it's not special anymore. It's just, oh, Lord's Supper again. And so there's, there's those thoughts too, right? We want to we wanna make sure that, that it's, it's significant, that it's, it's just a very important thing. Now let me just quickly mention uh, some churches in the Christian Reformed Church uh, and others have Lord's Supper on the first Sunday of every month. So 12 times a year, so that you know, I know, everyone knows, if it's the first Sunday of any month, you know we are having Lord's Supper. 
That's interesting. That works. And you know you can prepare yourself. There might not be a lot of preparation talked about, but you know that the Lord's Supper will be the first Sunday of every month. Then John Calvin, who is the, the reformer who, who spoke most into, into our uh, reformed understanding of things, when he was pastor in Geneva, Switzerland, in the 1540s, so this was right at the very beginning of the Protestant church, reflecting on what it means to be devoted to the word, to the teaching, to be devoted to the fellowship, to be devoted to the breaking of bread, reflecting on Acts 2.42, that church that he led in Geneva, it was clear to him every Sunday, every single Sunday, 52 times a year, be on the Lord's Supper. That was what he wanted to do. He worked at that, and, and in the end, I don't know, maybe you know, Pete, he, he did... He did, like it didn't get implemented exactly that way. But that was, if we are devoted, then we partake and we celebrate and we are reminded of what is central to our faith, that Jesus died for our sins and rose again. So that's, that's a picture of devotion. And then... then the final picture is, is uh, when I went on sabbatical uh, and studied uh, the Henry Nowen. He is a Catholic priest. He is very ecumenical, uh, very open, and, and he loves the Protestant movement too, and very, very nice. He celebrated the Lord's Supper every day. Now, as a priest... He had then the authority to do that out of the Catholic system. But for his own faith, he is a man in a lot of struggles, uh, very influential, but his own faith story, a lot of struggle, a lot of difficulties, a lot of hardships. And he felt he needed himself to be reminded every day that God loved him and that Jesus died for him. So if you're thinking about someone who's devoted to the bringing of bread, I would say, yeah, that man was devoted to that every single day. So, so just to give you the whole range of things, right? What did Jesus mean when he said, be devoted to the breaking of the bread? It is, it is definitely something that, that we are working with. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the teaching, to the fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. And Acts 2.46 says every day they met in the temple court, praising God. So was it a daily thing? I don't know. There are definite hints to more Devotion is more remembering. And it's something, too, along these lines. If, if, if you think about the Lord's Supper as part of who we are and what we do, then we want to keep it special, we want to keep it. 
But what if I, I put it to you this way? It, it says in terms of Acts 2.42, uh, they devoted themselves to the teaching, which includes the preaching and everything else. And what if we thought about, say, the Lord's Supper once a month? If we would consider with renewal just having the Lord's Supper a little more often. Uh, what if you compared it, though, to, to the teaching, the preaching? What if, we, what if we said, just this is facetious, this is just an example. But if we said, oh, the preaching is really important in this church. It's so important that we only have Pastor Mike preach once a month. <laughs> right? Because we want to keep it important and special. But we say, no, every Sunday we are devoted to the teaching. We want to hear, we want to understand, we want to grow. So that's obvious, right? And what about the, the fellowship? I'm even thinking the singing. What if we had it that, that we only have singing in this church once a month, the praise team, once a month, every other Sunday, we have prayer, we have preaching, we might have the sacrament, no singing, because singing is special, and we save it for a special Sunday, and we only sing once a month. We say, that's ridiculous. We are devoted to the singing and the fellowship, so why not the Lord's Supper? And even prayer, if prayer is important, prayer is vitally important, then okay, once a month, the last Sunday of the month, I will take prayer requests, the rest of the time not, because prayer is, we want to somehow make it special. And on that day, all the prayer requests will pray for them all. Hey, what, what are you talking about? We pray, we want to pray more, we want to pray every day. And so, so there is a, a picture, yeah, this is a special part it's a holy moment. It's definitely something, too, that we, we do and we do sincerely and, and it, it speaks into our heart and lives. How often should we, could we do it? So that's, that's the initial reflection in terms of, yeah, Jesus says whenever you do it, he doesn't give a specific, ah, so many times. And the church has worked through the years how to just maintain a devotion. And so we'll continue to reflect on that in terms of this um, aspect of who we are as church. It continues to challenge us. How can we, even in the sacrament, be just encouraged more? Along with that is, is the actual practice of the Lord's Supper to continue to make it meaningful and important. And so we did try as a worship team a couple times. We had people come forward. I don't know if you remember. We had that. Yeah. Just to, just to, to that, that life of the supper to, to demonstrate too that we come humbly to receive the grace of God. So to do something like that. There's also uh, some churches take a, a huge loaf of bread. I didn't, uh, I was going to grab a loaf. Barb makes some homemade bread. And, uh, and you, you take the whole loaf, and then at the front here, I break the loaf, big loaf. And it says in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, we are all one loaf. 1 Corinthians eleven seventeen, and then And then the loaf gets passed. So then I would pass it, to Aaron, and I would say to Aaron, this is Christ's body broken for you, and you would 
tear off a chunk. Yeah. And so you would pass it on to the next person and you would say to them, this is Christ's body broken for you. And the bread would go around and afterwards the cup would go around, a larger cup like this cup, and that would also be passed as a cup with wine in it with the words too, this is Christ's body shed for you. And as you receive the cup, you dip the bread in the cup, you eat and you pass it on. This is Christ's blood shed for you. Just a, a, a meaningful way of celebrating. I mean, these things are done just to, to make it, yeah, touch our hearts and lives again. And, and so, so what did Jesus mean? How did he picture it? It would be meaningful to us, special in ways that, that he would want it to speak new and, and, yeah, striking ways. So things to consider as we embrace the holiness of the sacrament and let it speak in a meaningful way into our lives every time we partake. And, and if you partake a little more often as a church, then a little more variety is, is also meaningful. So that would kind of go together, that you would do it a little differently once in a while. The point is that in the New Testament church, the Corinthians, they had lost the idea of the sacredness, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to lose the idea of the sacredness. And that's really the picture in 1 Corinthians 11. Uh, reading there, uh, God, uh, through the Apostle Paul, is correcting them. The eating and drinking has lost its deep spiritual significance, as described in the Belgian Confession, Article 35. It, it doesn't have that significance anymore. It's just, oh, we're doing this again. And that's not the point. That, that we don't want at all. And so it says, too, that, that it just become kind of a physical eating, and drinking, it says in verse 20 uh, that they're just, just, okay, here's some bread, here's some wine. And that it, it's not the Lord's Supper you eat. And that some remain hungry, others uh, get drunk. There's, there's, there's no sense of, of the sacred anymore. There, there is some suggestion that in, in the history that they actually had a meal that, that was going on and then an actual meal that then kind of transformed into a Lord's Supper remembrance, either uh, most commonly at the end of a meal or else at the beginning at times too. But there was definitely uh, the physical hunger took precedent. And it says so clearly that needs to be satisfied at home. And so, so that reality of of seeing the sacredness of it, being careful about, about what is going on and not, not getting lost in, in the physical sense again. And so uh, I just want to touch on for a moment, like if, if we get one example, we lose, we lose the sacred in terms of, of if we start to focus on the bread, what kind of bread? Now we have the normal bread, uh, we have gluten-free bread, so that's important. But, but that, that, that what type of bread? I don't like this bread. I like some other bread. See, then, then you are losing. You have lost. You are sinning against the body and blood of Christ. So some, some churches use crackers. 
because it says break the bread that way. So they use crackers too. I don't like crackers. I like the soft white bread. One Sunday, Anita uh, accidentally, you had some brown bread here. And then uh, I didn't hear any complaints back. That was good. But yeah, just somehow in the preparation, it was brown bread instead of white bread. You think, oh, what's that? Well, we don't want to detract from the sacredness of the moment. Also, you may have noticed, like, I, I take the small glass with you. Some pastors, and, and, and during your vacancy, you'll get other pastors in, and they'll lead in the Lord's Supper, and some of them will take the big glass, and you have the small glass, and they will drink from the big glass. I don't do that. I find that it's distracting for you. You have your little glass, and here I'm guzzling. <laughs> it's huge. Right? I'm just drinking it back. What is that? Well, that's human perception, right? And, and I feel, too, the, the sacredness of the, we are. It's not about the glass specific. It's not about, it's about Christ dying for us, his blood shed for us. And so, yeah, we pour the wine, absolutely. But I partake with you with the small glasses, which are beautifully significant of Christ's blood shed for us. But these, these things, why do we do what we do? What are we, what are we trying to speak about or share? Or, or where is our hope and our confidence? So these things, we want to keep the focus clearly on Christ, his sacrifice, his love for us. And that's here in 1 Corinthians 11 too, where, where Paul goes back, repeats those words, verse 23, I received from the Lord what I passed on to you, that, that this is Jesus saying, this is my body, this is my blood. I do this sincerely in faith. And then even he ends there, to uh, verse 33, 34. There's some other things in there, but, but, but the judgment coming back, yeah, that you should, you should gather and eat together, that, that those who are hungry should eat something at home so that when you meet together, may not result in judgment. And the judgment aspect is around too, that, that, that we clearly see that this is the sacrifice of our Savior for us. And so that's, that's the constant focus, the constant uh, direction we want to go in. Problems arise when, when we make it physical again, and therefore the warning is to examine our attitude. And so we eat and drink sincerely. People of God, the Lord's Supper, a wonderful gift. What a gift of God. Here actually is where we receive the gospel truth in its clearest form, that we are sinners, that Jesus died to take away our sin, that he rose to life, that this food nourishes us, our life, our spiritual life, and that we go forward in faith by the Holy Spirit to serve him. And so this morning again, that you and I would be truly thankful, that we would be truly encouraged what God has done for us, and that we would be filled with joy for what the Lord Jesus has done. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the sacrament that you have ordained. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for being 
that sacrifice for sin that we need so much and the strength and the nurture of our lives as we seek to go forward in faith serving you with our doubts, with our struggles, with our uncertainties. And Lord, we pray that our worship and the sacraments that we celebrate would be just a a sufficient and a, a constant reminder in our hearts and lives and as a church together of who you are and what you have done and that we would indeed Continue to express clearly as a church a devotion, a devotion to serving and knowing you, Lord Jesus, as our Savior and truly celebrating your love in a meaningful way through the sacrament by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to respond in singing a song of thanksgiving, Jesus Messiah.